text messages here. We've got a few interesting ones. We've got to uh, do a bit of catching up here. Um, going back to Lawson, your story about solar panels on closed fields, what's stopping them? It's a great idea. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it. <laughs> this is, I just found out that our solar panels stopped working for the last three months by the surprised size of the bill we received from AGL. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> ouch, that's ouch. Ouch, ouch, ouch. Moral of the story, check your app at least once a month. Mm. Um, then in relationship to the church plumber, someone wants to know what happened to all the money and was anyone charged? Nobody's been charged. Nobody's been found. Not initially when it happened seven years ago and not now. Wow. I'm assuming that the money went back to the church. Yeah. Sounds like an honest plumber. Mm. Who actually did it was trying to clear ah, his gifts. This is yeah, awesome. yeah, this conspiracy. That's my conspiracy, yeah. yeah. Okay, children and screens. Those are horrific figures. Satan mm. knows what he is doing. Also remember the millions of fallen angels behind the scenes. If God pulled the curtains open, separating the real and spiritual, we would see a real war between God's angels and fallen angels for the minds of humanity especially the children. Parents, wake up and save your children. Mm. That's the big moral of the story because there is no legislation that is protecting our children from screens. The only thing that will come between your children and screens is you as a parent. Yep. That's yep. it. Asian Aid, schools reopening. Great news. Keep up the great job. May God bless your work abundantly and supply all your needs and keep all of you safe. You are obviously working under a very difficult situation. May God give you wisdom. So good to have some uh, support coming through there. And another one on the story on uh, children and screens. Um, this person says, As a very young child, I was coerced into performing sex acts. I had a pornography addiction from primary school age till around the age of 39, the time when I started opening my heart to Jesus. Wow. Even though I've been to the porn, I had on occasion the images still surface in my head yeah. and haunt me 15 years later. Porn destroys lives. Yep. Mm. Yep. That's a, a heavy, heavy message right there. But the simple reality is, and you as our listeners, you need to understand this. Here in Australia, one in four girls are abused, one in, one in six boys. Those are the figures. Mm. Whenever you go to church, you know that you're worshipping along, doesn't matter how small that church is, you're worshipping alongside both victims and perpetrators. Yep, Absolutely. That's the tragedy of our world right now. And pornography is and screens, the the free availability. You know, when uh, when Rick and I were kids, we it was around, but it wasn't freely available in no. mass quantities no. like it is now. No. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, let's get on to our Bible study uh, where we are digging into the book of Deuteronomy and we're gonna we're gonna Review a, a few verses here. So uh, let's just grab a Bible here for Rick. You can pass that one down the far end there. Um, if your eyes are good enough for that small print. Um, and if they're not, you can swap with Lawson. You can swap with me. You can swap with me. <laughs> I, I've got some glasses. I, I can't, okay, because I, I can't read that Bible without, uh, without glasses. I um, can, while easily. Rick, <laughs> yes. We won't, um, we won't go there. Uh, Lawson, we're yes. going to start with you. Deuteronomy chapter 24 and verse 17. We've got, we've got a selection of verses here we're going to read that all have a fairly similar theme. So what we're going to be looking for is this similar theme. Now, one of the things that we found yesterday, so a little bit of background from yesterday's Bible study, we found that we, we looked at the story of Josiah, King Josiah, mm -hmm. and how that 
Josiah was reigning. He was trying to bring the people back to the worship of God. They didn't really know what the worship of God entailed because there was no Bible. The Bible was lost. It was gone. There was only one copy in existence, mm. and nobody knew where it was. And then they found it. And this was years after Josiah has come to power. And they find it, and he reads the Bible for the first time, and he suddenly realizes that, you know, there are blessings and cursings in this, and that, you know, they have as a nation been very, very far from God. And as a result of that, God has said, you're going to go into captivity. Mm. Josiah recognizes this is, this is something that will take place. And uh, so at the same time, you've got Jeremiah who begins his ministry as a prophet. So the book of the law is discovered, the book of Deuteronomy, the books of Moses are discovered. They become well known. Jeremiah begins his ministry as a prophet and uh, he draws heavily from the books of Moses in the things that he says because he's like, okay, this is what the Bible says. This is what we know. If mm. we get our act together and we do the right thing here, we are under the blessing of God. If we walk away from God, then we cease to be under his protection. Mm. All right, Deuteronomy 24, verse 17, please, Lawson. The Bible says, True justice must be given to foreigners living among you and to orphans, and you must never accept a, wom- a, widow- a widow's garment as security for her debt. Okay. Uh, this is something that we all understand very, very well even today. You don't go oppressing the poor and the needy. Mm. And the Bible talks a lot about widows, uh, and, and we sort of don't use that term so much today. We, we talk about single mothers. Mm. Uh, the word widow simply means single mother. Mm. Uh, are there a lot of wi- Would we say there are a lot of widows in our community? Uh, we would yeah. probably say no. But if we said, are there a lot of single mothers in our community, yep. there absolutely is. And yep. that's what the Bible's talking about here. This is just you know the way that they described single motherhood. Uh, single motherhood is not something new. Our world is not different. It's mm. always been there. There's always been a need to look after single mothers in the community. Here's an interesting Bible study for you to do sometime. Pull out a Bible app like Bible Gateway or whatever, type in the word widow, and look at how many times that theme comes up in the Bible. Mm. And then consider our responsibility as Christians or as a church, if you belong to a local congregation somewhere, to look after and to look out for the single Mothers, and I'll say this because I grew up in a single parent household, but I didn't grow up with a single mother. I grew up with a single father. The single fathers as well. Mm. They need help and support. The help and they support they need is going to be different mm. from what you give to a single mother. You know, if you'd offered my dad free oil change for his car, he would have laughed at you. Mm. But if you offer that to a single mother, I think there'd probably be a whole bunch out there that would jump at that opportunity. Yeah. Mm. Lyle, I was just looking at the little uh, statement on the window there, talk. Talk faith, live faith, act faith. It seems to me that when we get into the Old Testament and the New Testament particularly, the litmus test for a lot of Christians is to act faith. Mm, it's yes. the real litmus test. Just don't talk about this stuff. But uh, the book of Amos, um, God's really heavy on his own people for abs- for doing the opposite to mm. what he wanted to do. Care for the oppressed, the widow. It just seems right through the Old Testament. Look after the oppressed. Look after the widow. Um, yeah, and if- eighty-two times. I just looked it up. Eighty-two times is mentioned. Widows, single mothers are mentioned in yeah. the Bible. Eighty-two oh, wow. times. 
Yeah, and of course as well, like Israel had a class of people who had been given full-time responsibility of doing so as well, and that was the Levites. Like, of course, yes. they, they ran the temple, but also they ran and contributed to the, the, social, social, needs. the so, social needs and the social services of Israel. And every time they fell into idol- uh, idolatry, they stopped putting offerings in for the Levites, and Levites would just become farmers again, and then the social well-being of Israel would just fall apart. So again, this is a as, as we've been reading blessings and cursings here, like this is just a natural consequence or a curse of their actions. They stop yeah. following God, they stop giving money to the Levites, they stop supporting you know the socially needy and the well-being of their nation. It's, it's like a cause and effect process. Mm. Um, you, you pull out a chunk of, of, of it's breaking a ligament in the community functioning. What mm. I love in that verse you just wrote, the seventeen there. What I found fascinating is that God just doesn't randomly ask these things or pull it out of a well uh, that's just uh, inappropriate. He says, "Because I've redeemed you." I find yes. that really powerful. Yes. In fact, yes. some folks get so mixed up with the commandments on this one. If they only read the verses before, God just doesn't say, only have one God, da-da-da-da-da-da. He says, because I've redeemed you, mm. don't go and have other gods. You don't need to do that because I've redeemed you. And I find the same in that verse. I've redeemed you from slavery, therefore do what's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Absolutely. Fantastic stuff. Oh. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. All right, so let's get back into our study and let's go to Deuteronomy 24, verse uh, 21. Same chapter, verse 21. Uh, Rick, have you got that one there for us? 24, 21, yeah. When you gather the grapes of your vineyard, you shall not glean it afterward. It shall be for the stranger, the fatherless and the widow. There you go. Again. Same theme again. Yep. Mm. And so when we talk about gleaning, what, what is, what is, that's, that's, um, probably a lot of our listeners never heard that word before. What is that? What's that all about? Richard? I'm actually You're... an expert in this. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So we've got the one guy down the end who has a PhD. Oh, and no. have... <laughs> Not in gleaning. <laughs> We've got Lawson here, who's the expert. Okay, Lawson, tell us about cleaning. Uh, we won't. We won't ask the PhD. We'll that, ask. That's right. Well, I've, ne- I've never worked on a farm, but no, this is. <laughs> I, you know, right now I'm gleaning information that I've yeah. stolen from Lyle. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a form of gleaning. But it's essentially gleaning would be like you'd have your harvesters go through a particular area or a crop. Yes. Right, with the sickle and whatever it may be and collecting and harvesting and yes. taking all the stuff. Um, and then you'd have gleaners who would go through afterwards and pick up all the remnants. Yes. So that was essentially gleaning. When I was a kid, I used to be employed as a gleaner. Ah, okay. Ah. Yes. Yep. Uh, employed in the apple orchards as a gleaner down in Tassie. And uh, as a kid, what, you, what they'd use, they'd give you a 20-litre bucket and you go around under the apple trees and you would collect every apple that was on the ground. Mm. Didn't matter how rotten it was, didn't matter how bird-eaten it was, didn't how, matter how grub-eaten it was, didn't even matter if the birds had eaten it down to the core, it went in the bucket. Uh-huh. You won't like to know this, but it all went for apple juice. Yikes. That was back in the day. So nothing was wasted. Nothing was wasted. But if that was in Israel, anything that fell off the tree and landed on the ground was not to be picked up, anything that was left on the tree and was missed, that was not that was to be left as well so that the poor, the homeless, the single mothers could come through and they could sort through it and find... Because, you you know, the reason that we were picking up apples off the ground is because probably 90% of them were good. Yeah. You know, they'd just blown off the tree. The wind had come through, they'd blown off the tree, they'd land on the ground, they'd have a bit of a bruise on them. 
you know, because they've got a bruise on them, you can't sell them as a table apple, but they're fine for pies and and juice and that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and so, you know, the widows, the, the single mothers uh, could come through and, uh, and, and glean that kind of thing. So there was a great system here. The thing I love about this system too is that it's a little bit different from just free money. Mm. You know, guys like, no, go out there and, and, and do and your bit. Do, do something. It. Oh, that's awesome. Put some effort into it. It, it tells me a lot about God, uh, that he has this, this, he encompasses social responsibility. Yes. Mm. Community responsibility. He understands the level, the sins disrupted communities and, and, and broken. Mm. And, and there's hierarchies that exist that he may not have even wanted to exist, but he works within those realms. And he says, wherever you are, be responsible to others. Yes. Mm. Yes. Absolutely, and 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 this is very very much a community response. This is not somebody who you know you've got one person within the community who's like, yeah, I'm going to start a charity and, and do some charitable work, which is a good thing. Mm. But it's like, no, the whole community, everybody who owns land, and everybody did own land, played a role and was responsible in taking care of yep. the single mothers. Can, can I share a little a little point here? We, where we lived out on Pitcairn Island, the mutiny on the Bounty Island, for four years, there was a law, uh, uh, not written but spoken and understood. You could take from any tree. It's almost like the Garden of Eden. You could take fruit from any tree of any person who owned it, any tree on the island, as long as you stood under the tree or next to the tree and ate the fruit. If you took the fruit and put it in your bag and walked away, that was thieving. So, wow. so I thought here's a here's here's a way of helping the community yes. in a really fair way, and, and no one abused that. It, yes. So we found bananas plum. They called it all over the island. And if you just wanted to eat it, just stand stand at the tree and eat it. That's a great. <laughs> that's a great law. Yeah. That that's such a good thing because it's like you can't eat too many bananas no. to make a significant <laughs> impact, right? Like you could steal like a hundred bananas, but you couldn't eat a hundred bananas. And but so I drive. That's well, awesome. Coming in, I'm driving past properties with lemon trees and orange trees, citrus trees oh. with fruit all over them falling on the ground, and I just want. And if someone walked in there, the owner would probably say, "What are you doing in my yard?" I just wonder if we had that idea of. Well, it's going to waste. Anyone eat it or just stay there? Yeah. Even if they put a sign up at the front, lots of our fruit take is going it. on the ground, take please it. take some. Yeah. It would be just a great – it would bring great community atmosphere. You know, we do the opposite. I mean, working in the apple orchards and so forth, you'd have people who would just turn up and, and they'd take a huge box out into the apple orchard and just start, you know, filling their box, throw it in their car and drive off. <laughs> and, you know, the uh, – So why would go and fight them? No, no, no. <laughs> One of, one of the uh, one of the farmers that that I know, he just he's got forklift, right? Went running down the road, put the forklift under their car, lifted it up to the top, took the keys out of the forklift, went home. <laughs> Left the car twenty feet <laughs> off the ground. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Come back with their with their esky, with well, their box full of apples, and their car is like up there, and there's no keys for the forklift. Yeah. That's so classic. And who can they go? They're like, police. Someone's lifted my car. <laughs> he left it there all day. <laughs> Went and put it back down that night. It was the best ever. Oh, that's so funny. All right, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 10 and verse 18. Deuteronomy 10 and verse 18. I can get this one. Okay. Uh, the Bible says in Deuteronomy 10 verse 18, he ensures that orphans and widows receive justice. He shows love to the foreigners living among you and gives them food and clothing. Okay, so this is interesting because when you come down to the first century, 
What was the attitude in the time of Jesus that the Jewish people had towards Gentiles? Mm. Mm. Oh, they hated them. They were like, yes. They were like completely exclusionary. They were freaked out about getting, you know, the slightest bit of Gentile on their hands. Mm. They would become common if they did so. They were dogs. That, so they were like, no, nah, just don't deal with them at all. Okay, verse 19, please, Rick. Therefore love the stranger, for you were strangers in the land of Egypt. So when they lived in the land of Egypt, they were the Gentiles. Yeah. yeah. They were the outsiders. Yeah. They were the, 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 the race that had come into the land of Egypt and was perceived as being a threat mm. to the Egyptians. And God is like, remember that. You used to be Gentiles, so be nice to the yeah. Gentiles. Mm. Mm. Fascinating stuff. All right, one more verse here from Deuteronomy before we have a look at how this is mirrored in other places in the Bible. Uh, this time we're going to chapter 27 and verse 19. Deuteronomy 27, verse 19. I've got it. Okay, thanks. 27, 19. Cursed is the one who lies with any kind of... Is that the, no, 19, sorry. Cursed is the one who perverts the justice due the stranger, the fatherless, and the widow. The same three again, the fatherless, stranger, and the widow. Yes. Cursed, cursed, yes. cursed. Who does injustice. Injustice. And basically what you've got here is a whole system right the way through the book of Deuteronomy where God is looking out for minorities and God is looking out for vulnerable populations. He's looking mm. at, God is looking out for vulnerable populations. And the important thing about this is that a majority never needs protection. Mm. Uh, the fit and the healthy and the wealthy never need protection. They are protected simply by the fact that they are the majority, that they are fit, healthy, and have money. Mm. You know, we had uh, we had the Attorney General on here um, a couple of weeks ago talking about the the, Christ, the the religious anti-discrimination bill. And, you know, it's interesting when you look at Australia because Australia's never had one of these mm. bills before. <clears throat> and the reason we've never had one is because religion has always been in the majority, and when it's in the majority, it never needs one. Mm. Now that religion is moving into the minority, anti-discrimination bills are not there to protect the majority. Mm. Majority never needs protection. It is minorities that need protection. If you look at all of our other anti-discrimination bills, uh, anti-discrimination bills on sex, on gender, um, on race, etc., they are all there to protect minorities. Mm. And so this is what God is doing here. He's got, he's got his anti-discrimination bill. Yeah. These are minorities. You are to protect them. All right, let's now compare this with Jeremiah. And what you're going to find is that Jeremiah lives in an era where this passage of the Bible was discovered for the first time. It had been lost. All of this, yes. you know, book of Deuteronomy, etc., had been lost. It's discovered for the first time in generations you know, the, the, the temple has been full of just rubbish and idolatry and become a storage shed, more or less. They're cleaning it out, and they find this missing book of the law. Josiah, the king, he reacts to it, but you also see that Jeremiah has been reading this, and he reflects it in his writing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Just want to say how much we enjoy um, hearing from our listeners. If you've got a, a, a thought that you would like to share, 
then uh, shoot us a call or a text message, 0491064669. If you've got a question that you'd like yes. to send in for question of the day, I was just asking Producer Shell, our backlog is currently empty. Mm. So we are open for questions of the day. If you send your question of the day through now, it will be answered yep. today Ooh, if, you, like, if you get it through first. In like 15 minutes. Yes, like, if you get there first. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, we've got Rick Ferrey here this morning. Yeah, why so, don't we uh, get him to answer? We could, we, could throw, we could throw the question of the day. We'll, we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Anyway, let's see what have we got uh, coming up here. Oh yes, coming through the text message: the human heart is wicked, and who knows what we are capable of doing under different circumstances. We need new hearts, and only God can give it to us. Of ourselves, we are incapable of true love for our neighbours and the poor. That is such an awesome point. Like that is such such a good. I was doing a Bible study with someone last night, and we were talking about the law of God, right? So we're going through and we're looking at the law of God, and particularly the Ten Commandments, and specifically when you get to the last six, because um, the first four of the Ten Commandments are very, you know, religiously specific. You know how we relate to God, but the last six, like don't murder, don't steal, mm. all the these are values that are held by nearly every single culture in the world. Like, and so, so we, you know, when, whether we're talking about communist China, whether we're talking about a, a relig, you know, a Christian or on the other side of the spectrum, a religious Christian community, Islam, most religions, like they hold these values of don't murder, don't steal, don't lie, don't mm. commit adultery. Like they're, you know, in countries, they're legislative, like it's illegal to do those things. Um, but I asked the question, it's like, why do so many people break those laws then if everyone on earth agrees that it's wrong then why do so many people do it and as we're looking at you know today about being charitable to the widow to the orphan like again most societies would agree that oh yeah that's something really good to do like to look after those who are vulnerable you you won't you won't you go and and interview anybody on the street, you won't go, won't find anybody that disagrees with this. Yeah, they're like, yeah, we should look after. It's a vulnerable. great theory, a great idea, isn't it? Yes, it's a great but, idea. But, 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 but this is you a, won't find anyone who disagrees with it. But you'll find very few people who do, who do it. it. Who do it right? And he, it can even be within legislation, like here in Australia. Like I'm sure there's legislate. There's heaps of legislation that exists to pr- protect vulnerable people. My sister works as a HR, and she's constantly dealing with that legislation on discrimination and all these different things to protect vulnerable people. Yet people break it all yeah. the time. They break the Ten Commandments. They break these ideals, and it shows us, as this text was saying, like we are in deep need of a new heart. Because mm. even though we can clearly see that this is good and we agree, we consistently break it because we're broken sinners. There's a massive chasm between the ideal and the reality, mm. in, I think, in all of our lives. And yes. like that comment was making, our hearts are just, you know, it's like evil continuously unless mm. God intervenes dramatically. And then he says, because I've intervened, don't, don't keep doing it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, a lot of people struggle with the commandments as some sort of a legal code. I, I've never sort of understood them. I see them as a, a, a responsible parent saying, "Kids, I've got some boundaries that are really healthy." Yes. Mm. And if yes. you if you if you live within these boundaries, a you, wall of protection, a wall of protection, and it's like you're talking about Lyle about the screens, parental responsibility with the kids. Mm-hmm. God is saying, "I know your heart so well." I've put these boundaries around it, not to stop you, but to let you have life to the full. I think that's actually a really good illustration and one of the reasons why we are called the children of God Mm. because you look at children who have that natural curiosity, which is a good thing, but can get them into so much trouble. Mm. And God knows that we have a natural bent to sin 
that can get us into trouble. Yeah. We, ha- we have a natural curiosity also, which is a good thing, but can get us into trouble. And so guys like, there's boundaries. Yeah, mm. and, and God's saying, I'm your mentor. <laughs> I'm, I'm more than your mentor, but I, I'll, be, I'll be all of those things for you. So I just see that as, a, as, a, as an incredibly powerful but loving God who understands our frame so deeply that says, I don't, wanna, I don't want you to hurt yourself. Just follow these things. They're, they're mm. valuable. Mm. Absolutely. All right, we're going to read this passage from uh, Jeremiah now, Jeremiah chapter 7, and uh, we're going to look at the influence of the book of Deuteronomy as it comes through in the book of Jeremiah because we're actually going to find it right through the, uh, through the Bible. Jeremiah chapter 7. Um, Rick, can you read for us maybe the first uh, four verses there, please? Jeremiah 7, 1 to 4. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word and say... Hear the word of the Lord, all you of Judah who enter in, the, enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, amend your ways and your doings, and I will cause you to dwell in this place. Do not trust in these lying words saying, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. The, uh, sorry, the temple of the Lord are these. Okay, so what's going on here when you know people are saying, "Oh, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord." What, what's 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 actually what's the what's the issue here? Idol worship. Oh, oh, that's an interesting that's an interesting thought. Expound on that. Oh, because like it goes on to talk about. Are you are you saying that idol- they were treating the temple of God as being an idol? I'm saying that like in the time of Jeremiah, there was a ton of idols in there. Okay. Yes. Although in the in the early stages of Jeremiah's um, ministry, there was a ton of idols that were being taken out. Yeah, I, I actually think that Rick, what you got some thoughts it, on that? Oh, is this is this a sort of a concept of um, we're okay because the temple of the Lord? Um, That's uh, how yeah, I'm reading it. Listen, too. Um, um, we're, we're a special people. Um, it doesn't really matter. And and I'm just sort of seeing a link here with what Lawson just yeah. said, where the temple has become their idol. Mm. Rather than being a place of worship, rather than being a place of conversion, yep. they look at the temple as being, you know, this magic thing. The temple is there. The temple is there. You know, the, we're, we're, we're all good. Yeah, because the temple is there. And, and the verses directly after oh, this just lay it right. Yeah, that's, that's, it's like God saying, "Don't be confused." Mm. Okay, Lawson, next three verses. Uh, Then we pick it up in verse 5 where the Bible says, But I will be merciful only if you stop your Mm -hmm. evil thoughts and deeds and start treating each other with justice. Only if you stop exploiting foreigners, orphans, and widows. Only if you stop murdering. And only if you stop harming yourselves by idol worship. Then I will let you stay in the land I gave to your ancestors to keep forever. Okay. I think that summarises pretty well what we have uh, been talking about. Rick, we're going to share one of your songs here right now. Uh, tell us a little bit about this song. This is a song called Through and our quartet uh, sang this. It's just about how God helps us through the big times, the hard times. Fantastic stuff. And I think that's particularly relevant for, you know, we've been talking about people who are going through hard times yep. and being there for people who yep. go through hard times. Yep. God is there for, going, for people who are going through hard times. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Right now it is time for... Question of the Day. All right, question and, of the day. Yes. And the question is, in Joshua 6, 22 to 23, how would the spies have snuck back 
in to get Rahab. Wouldn't the authorities have been watching? That's from Karen. Yeah, great question, Karen. And the answer to your question is if you back up a few verses, you'll find the circumstances in how Rahab was rescued. So just to fill in a little bit of history as to what is happening in this story, some of you might be wondering, well, who is Rahab? Uh, as Joshua was, was preparing the invasion of the uh, the promised land, Palestine, uh, th- there was a major fortress city, one of the oldest cities in the world, uh, oldest walled city in the world, Jericho, was in their way. This was a city that they could not afford to bypass, and yet it was probably the, the toughest fortress that they would have to face. Mm. And so to cut a long story short, God said, look, don't go and fight against this city. Don't go lay siege to it. Just march around it. <laughs> so every day they marched around it, blew the trumpets, marched around it. Um, they did that every day, and then they went back to their camp. On the seventh day, God says, march around it seven times. And so they marched around it seven times. And he said, at the end of those, everybody blast and shout your trumpets at the same time. And so, well, shout your trumpets, blast your trumpets. Play. I don't know. You're, you're a trumpet player, Rick. I think you, they, they just gave a blast on their trumpets and everybody yelled. Yep. Um, so they give a blast on their trumpets. Everybody yells, and the walls of the city fall down. Now, how God did that, the, the method by which he did that, we don't know. Uh, but we do know that the walls fell down, and you can imagine the psychological impact that that would have on the inhabitants, mm. on, on the defenders of the city to begin with. So they would have been, you know, your defenders would have all been on the walls, you know, as the Israelites are marching around. And so the defences of the city have crumbled, the defenders have been destroyed, and, uh, you know, God's command was to destroy every single person that was in the city. And you can read about that just before you read about Rahab. Now, Rahab... Previous to this, Joshua had sent in spies, you know, as you do. Any any military commander is going to need to gather intelligence before he begins a campaign. And so he sent two spies out to gather intelligence on Jericho to check the place out. They had been spotted. And the king of Jericho had sent his police force or the equivalent thereof to go and capture these guys. They had been helped by a young lady by the name of Rahab who was running a brothel. So, you know, they're just sort of looking for a place to hide. They've dived into a brothel. That's probably a really logical place yeah. to actually dive into in a hurry and hide. And she's helped them. Um, she's helped them. She hid them there throughout the day. She helped them escape that night because her house or the brothel was actually attached to the city wall. And this was quite common in those days. Um, houses were hard to build. And if there's a city wall, you've only got to build three walls rather than four. And so her house was attached to the city wall. She's let them down over the outside of the wall, and they promise her salvation and salvation to anyone who comes into her house. And so when the Israelites are marching around the city, she gathers her whole family into her house. Well, we could say into the brothel. They're all there, and she closes the door. Now, you can imagine that when... You know, when those walls fall down, the, the, the Canaanites who are living inside, the survivors are going to be in panic mode. Some of them are going to barricade themselves into their homes. Others are going to try and, try and do a, a breakout, etc. Um, they're being, they're being um, you know, they're, they're, they're being slaughtered basically where they stand. The Bible says in verse 21, they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey with the edge of the sword. But Joshua said to the two men that had spied out the country, Go to the harlot's house and bring out the woman and all that she has as you swear unto her. Why does Joshua send these two men? Because they know Rahab. They know Rahab's house. 
And so Joshua sees what is about to happen. The city is about to be put to the sword. There's going to be a massacre. And he says, quick, get over there to the brothel, get over there to, to Rahab's house and rescue everyone that is in that house. You know her. You know where the house is. Don't let anybody kill anybody that is within that house. So there's their answer to your question. They didn't actually have to sneak in. They just had to get there in a hurry before the Israelites uh, massacred you know, Rahab along with everybody else, all the rest of the Canaanites that were in the city at this particular time. Mm. And, of course, Rahab became then a uh, ancestor of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Wow. Great story. We want to remind you to spend some time in Bible study. And just a very quick reminder that you know, at, at our Discovery Center, we have about 18 different courses that you can do on just about any Bible subject that you can think of. Uh, you can do the course. You have a coach that will take you through the course. You get a certificate at the end of the course. And uh, that's just a, a great opportunity to be able to spend some time with Jesus um, and to spend some time reading and studying the Word. Of course, as we get into this day, don't forget to talk faith, live faith, act faith, and you will grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By His counsel's guide uphold you, with His sheep securely fold you. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.